Talking Com, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 9, Episode 2, Mark Serby. Hello there, everybody, and welcome along to Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name is Leonard Sultana, and each and every Sunday we talk Comic-Cons, con culture, pop culture, and all the stuff and nonsense we get to enjoy at such events. Thank you so much indeed for joining us for episode two of uh, the show. Um, we had a nice, interesting uh, episode last week where we talked to Simon Myers of, uh, or Simon Myers, of uh, Meanwhile in Commentary Comic Festival. A couple of technical issues as well as uh, Chrome decided to completely freeze on me. But we got it got it sorted. And we got the episode up. Hope you did uh, manage to uh, recap and watch that last uh, week's episode. Because um, certainly the back end, when uh, we moved over to the full Patreon stream, we, yeah, well, that's when we talked to Simon. We showed some great pictures of uh, an amazing festival. Um, I'm really hoping that Simon announces that. Uh, meanwhile, we will be returning to commentary next week because uh, I think it's uh, a show that sits nicely in the whole pantheon of uh, British Comic-Cons. Really kind of su um, supports the creators and encourages the new generation of uh, creators, not just readers, just artists in general, to come forward. And I think that's a really exciting thing to uh, be a part of. Um, what else? Um, we've got ourselves um, a bunch of people that are watching. Thank you very much indeed for uh, jumping in. This is your show. So anything you want to contribute, anything you want to talk about, do let us know. We, I tried to get a couple of comments in last week, but um, yeah, do let us know if there's anything that you want us to get into in particular, uh, because we have uh, a couple of people uh, joining us. We've got Johnny Fitz uh, saying hello. Not staying, but just want to say hi, that's all. Johnny, hopefully you'll watch the uh, the recap uh, when it goes live on uh, Wednesday. Either that or you can head to Pat Patreon and watch the whole thing a little bit later. But yes, um, thank you very much indeed for uh, uh, joining us, Johnny. Um, we've got ourselves, uh, yeah, a bunch of people who are uh, spending their Sunday in various manners. Uh, Chuck Cook will be we're listening from the floor as I assemble shelving. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, I mean, it's Sunday. It's the weekend. That's kind of uh, housekeeping and uh, uh, that's how things um, kind of go. But then you've also got Into the Blue Mister will be listening from the couch as I'm half a bottle in to a Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, yeah, uh, but I mean, I've got my tea. Um, it's been such a busy weekend, actually, for me. I, I got a couple of bottles of cider, which I haven't even touched yet. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. Hmm. Slurp away. Excellent stuff. Uh, yeah, Chuck Cook as well. Uh, I, <laughs> you got the better deal. Very possibly, but there we go. Uh, I've got uh, Leanne D, who's watching. Hello, everyone. Leanne is actually incredibly excited because it's official. Her trip to uh, the UK, Thought Bubble is paid for. I will be in the UK starting November 6th. Looking forward to seeing you, Leanne, really am. It's going to be uh, good to have you uh, in the country. Uh, Clydeine Nee is watching as well. Hello, Clydeine. Um, if anyone is new to the stream and doesn't know who Clydeine is, Clydeine is um, not only a fantastic colorist, uh, but also um, she's the person that organizes the Artist Alley for San Diego Comic-Con. As you can imagine, um, she's a little bit busy at the moment because uh, everything's gearing up towards San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition in November. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but uh, Clydeen, it's a pleasure to have you along. Thank you very much indeed uh, for watching. Um, yeah, Into the Blue Mister actually has a comment in. 
Quick heads up, I was chatting, chatting in my local comic book store in Cardiff yesterday, and a Bristol con was mentioned for this time next year. Names dropped Shakin, Sinkowitz, and Simonson. Um, that's Tripwire, and nobody really should have known anything about that. So those names are penciled, okay? Or should I say one of them certainly is pen more penciled than the others. Um, yeah, that's Joel Meadows' tri uh, Tripwire uh, magazine to be held in Bristol. Um, that's not official, just to let you know. Whoever kind of spread that word about um, may have got the, that information from a. You shouldn't. Don't tell. Don't tell anyone about this. Don't. Don't. I. I. I keep this. Keep this between me and you. Uh, yeah, they've kind of let the uh, the the cat out of the bag on that. I can say that one of those names. Like I say, more penciled than the others. So keep that in mind. There we go. Um, what else we got? Andrew Dickinson. Um, we've got So Tired, uh, Needs Snooze. And slight spoilers, How Dare Bond Use That Song for the End Credits. I'm not going to uh, say anything because I haven't seen it yet. Um, I was going to go and see it on uh, Friday, but I didn't get the chance. So hopefully I'll go and get to see it at some point, probably next weekend. But I'm looking forward to seeing No Time. I, I got, I've got more excited about it, actually. Uh, now that it's dropped, if anything, because of some of the things that the actors have said, they 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 seem genuinely excited about this one. Um, whereas some of the, the other times, they kind of like are making excuses for them. And if you've seen the Daniel Craig documentary as well on Apple TV, which is very very good, by the way, um, yeah, um, apparently it's very very it's worth the excitement. Uh, so do go check that out. Uh, I, like I say, I'm going to be uh, watching it. Uh, next week. Uh, what else we got? Uh, the client saying, I'm going to Gaslight Steampunk show in San Diego. Oh, very nice. Um, I, it's nice to know that steampunk is still a thing because it kind of faded off the boil a bit when it comes to uh, interest. But uh, yeah, Clydeen, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Okay. Once again, do jump in and let us know if there's anything that you want to talk about uh, when it comes to uh, Comic-Cons, especially when it comes to um, what's happening over the next couple of weeks. Uh, next weekend, um, we have ourselves New York Comic Con. It's back. Uh, to be fair, uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, there was some times when I thought this wasn't actually going to go ahead. Um, there was, it got a little bit touch and go. And certainly the numbers are still, we are still very much in pandemic. Um, but what they're doing at Repop um, is every effort, everything they can to kind of uh, make sure that uh, their attendees are safe, their guests are safe, and um, or as safe as possible. And they've got themselves a nice little lineup with one or two caveats. We're going to get into that uh, in a bit as well. Uh, but if you are watching, do let us know if you are heading to New York Comic Con, uh, because uh, we are going to be having a, a couple of live streams. Uh, thankfully, one or two people have agreed that they're going to be uh, showing us some bits and pieces from the floor so hopefully we'll get a sense of the vibe of new york comic-con 2021 obviously uh with reduced numbers um with slightly reduced uh facilities uh, but at the end of the day people are wanting to get back out there and enjoy their fandom so please do let us know in the comments are you heading to new york comic-con and more importantly is there something that you're excited to look out for so do let us know jump in on the comments if you're heading to new york comic-con javits convention center next weekend in the big, big apple itself speaking of which let's dive into um a bunch of those uh, bits and pieces um shall we do that first 
Um, yeah, let's do that first. Let's uh, let's cover um, a bit of uh, New York Comic Con stuff because uh, all the panels are now announced. We we've found out exactly what we're uh, uh, going to be expecting to see. Um, and yes, uh, we've got ourselves a whole bunch of uh, uh, people that are going to be attending. Clyding is uh, announcing Cully uh, Hamner will be at NYCC. A whole bunch of artists announced their signings and autograph uh, schedules, of course, the, uh, across the whole weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to uh, see these people uh, joining us. But when it comes to the actual panels themselves, the kind of multimedia element of it, um, it speaks volumes that it does seem that um, it's going to be on a slightly different scale and also just a different approach because we have seen the likes of, um, yeah, if I can just uh, bring that up a little bit bigger. There you go. Uh, it's a, a great um, article that came up on fansided, fansided.com. Um, and uh, this is uh, run on clareandjamie.com. Um, and it really does highlight a whole number of the panels. And I've got a, a number that I'm going to uh, list and uh, show up uh, now. But uh, yeah, the, the question is asked, why is the Outlander panel at New York Comic Con 2021 mostly virtual? The talent are technically available. Um, they're not, uh, they're free from any kind of shooting schedules, which begs the question then why a whole raft of the panels are not going to be available um, with people actually there. Um, so for example, we have ourselves um uh, this is a, a part of the uh, the panel screening like i say we've got a bunch of them we've got the girl in the woods which is a show that i'm very excited about uh, coming uh, to peacock um i believe it's coming to um, netflix here in the uk um we've got an incredible uh, cast we've got uh, jack davis and darren brand who are uh, producing from crypt tv you've got uh, the co-exec producer jasmine johnson you've got the co-exec and the director kristen ritter if you've seen the panel uh, sorry the, the trailer for it it's got a great vibe to a show um and i i would be very excited to see this except it is going to be a virtual panel uh, the, uh, the the people are going to be uh, not uh, attending i believe in person uh, so it's going to be very much um shown as a, a, a virtual event. And as far as I'm aware, this is what we're going to be getting from a lot of the actual uh, panels at Comic Con, at uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, another one as well, um, which I, I know that we've got a couple of people who are excited about the, the expanse. Uh, it's going to be a virtual screening, uh, the uh, Q&A with cast and creators. Um, again, um, you've got uh, a whole bunch of people. Nobody's listed about who's actually going to be taking part, but I can imagine with a, a nice jumped-up Zoom call, pretty much most, if not all, are going to be available to talk about it. But for that hour in 411, it's going to be a virtual screening um, and a virtual panel. And again, this is the kind of thing that I'm seeing across the board. And uh, I'm, I, I, if I can uh, bring up the uh, uh, the... Uh, the actual uh, the listings for uh, um, um, New York Comic Con. You can go through them now. Like I say, they are they are available. And yeah, to be fair, it's a it's a hell of a listing. We've got some amazing uh, sort of uh, presentations that are being put forward. Um, but a lot of it is actually being uh, live streamed in. Um, so it's now it's just a case of is this going to be the new 
um, reality when it comes to uh, Comic-Cons. Is that something we're going to be seeing a lot of at um, San, Diego, San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition, perhaps? Is uh, the, the kind of the meld of what they did with their um, Comic-Con at home um, presentation? Is that what we're going to be seeing on the screens? Zooming through, I'm, I'm hoping that there's going to be a real examination of what this means to Comic-Cons. It's actually something that came up um, way before uh, the pandemic because people were wondering, would someone sit in a room to watch a Zoom call, uh, a virtual interview with someone who didn't have to leave their room? They could just kind of beam in and they could watch a panel being presented to them on screen. None of these panels are going to be uh, put up online. So it is going to be the people in the room watching the screen. The question is, is that now going to be enough? Um, I'm hoping it's not going to be uh, the new normal because uh, people want to see people in the flesh. And if it's not in the flesh, then let's try and work something else out. Or is this the working something else out? Who knows? What do you think? Um, is this something that um, you see being a new standard at conventions? But is this also something that you would accept? Um, would you be okay with that sitting up? Um, I mean, Toby is saying, and it's, it's perfectly a valid statement, paying to go to essentially a, attend a Zoom call. Hopefully, that's not going to be a thing. That would just suck. Um, yeah. Uh, Andrew Dickinson is asking, are these um, live or pre-recorded? Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you've got Leanne Diu saying, uh, I believe they're alive. A lot of them, maybe. A lot of them may, may not. Uh, we don't know until next week. Um, it's just giving us the whole um, that this is the uh, what we're going to be seeing on the, on the screen. And again, it's not just uh, uh, those uh, panels either. We've got ourselves a number of them which are uh, not going to be uh, presented. Um, and it's going to be uh, more of a, a Zoom call. Uh, you've got yourself this virtual Q&A uh, with the cast and executive producers. How is this? It's, it's, we've got a, a moderator, Chancellor Agard there. Um, this is for, of course, uh, Psych 3. This is Gus, the, uh, the latest of the uh, standalone films from the show. Uh, but the question now is, um, are they going to be zooming in live or is it going to be a pre-record? Again, all of this uh, we're going to find out next week. To be fair as well, I did actually uh, put feelers out and ask if there's any way that someone from uh, Repop could join us on today's show. And I've been asking for a couple of weeks, but uh, unfortunately, I can imagine they're a little bit busy in the office. So it's a case of um, we're going to have to find out what uh, is going to be uh, 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 happening. Andrew Dickinson, Critical Role is Zoom, but it's going to be streamed ARC. Uh, Michael P., He's not paying for a Zoom call, and he's one of the biggest Expanse fans that I know. Um, hell, he even appeared on uh, the bonus features of uh, the, the Blu-ray for Expanse. That's how big a fan he is. So at the end of the day, just how uh, how far as fans are we prepared to go to enjoy? Because at the end of the day, we do also line up for uh, some time to see new trailers. And at the end of the day, they, we're going to be in the room and we'd, we'd see that thing first before it gets dumped online. But the question now is, what about the rest of the aspect, the panel? Because I know that a lot of people are not a massive fan of Q&As. Um, you know, because they feel that they're they're awkward and some of the questions get repeated. Uh, the people up on stage can't necessarily say anything because they're in production or whatever. But... Um, 
I like Q and A's. I like the interaction. There's the reason why I ask for comments on this particular uh, uh, live stream. At the end of the day, we've got to find out that balance, um, and hopefully, it's not going to impact uh, panels too much. Uh, Leandy, I think uh, until more people are va vaccinated, this is how panels will be. Um, yeah. It, it, what what do you think, people? Um, is that uh, something that you uh, agree on? Uh, Chuck Cook, uh, this is more of a comment than a question. Oh, please, if you want to dive in with that, if uh, you may not be attending uh, <laughs> um, New York Comic Con, but if you want to dive in with the uh, the comments, uh, your favourite um, uh, Q and A um, uh, statement. I mean, for myself, it's the other one. Um, uh, I'd like to ask a question, but before you do. Um, I would like to present this gift to the panel, at which point that swallows up with five minutes trying to get uh, things sorted out. Uh, Clyde Eaney, uh, for Halloween, I highly recommend uh, the holiday, horror, horror, comedy horror book 24-7 Demon Mark by D DM Guy. Uh, well, I know that um, we've they've in New York, uh, it's the, the, um, uh, the convention center, the Javits, they've been hosting um, like a, a book weekend. It's a, a book convention, book uh, 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 conference. So, uh, yeah, a whole bunch of uh, books are being announced. And uh, do check out your social media feeds because there's plenty that's been coming out in New York this weekend. Michael P., every now and then the Q&A has a brilliant question. Again, I think that might also be down to uh, the moderator. If it's a good moderator, uh, someone who can kind of keep things flowing, um, you never know, and uh, keep things uh, uh, moderated well. So there we go. Um, again, we're going to do our best to get a live stream from New York Comic Con next weekend. Do um, uh, tune in next week, and we'll uh, see if we can get a whole bunch of uh, people giving us a bit of the vibe from inside the convention center. I'm also going to be uh, doing a little bit more research because... Um, some of the, something I was going to bring up and talk about on today's stream was actually the difficulty in booking for the panels. Uh, apparently, there were a whole bunch of issues on the uh, the Repop site, uh, the Enter the Metaverse site, I believe, is uh, the the home for all of the, uh, the the panels, and there were some real issues with getting those booked. But um, those ended up being a little bit unsubstantiated, and uh, replies to them. Um, all got deleted, which means either comments were being made which people didn't necessarily want to back up or whatever. I'm going to have to do a little bit more research uh, between now and next week. We'll see how it goes. And also, at the end of the day, we'll begin the live re um, report, so we'll find out exactly how it was to get into those uh, particular uh, shows. Clyde uh, Knee uh, jumping in on the comments again. Again, she's somebody who has uh, very much more of a uh, an idea of uh, what it takes to put these shows on and to get guests uh, through the door. Uh, even though they are not in production, they may not be able to attend live conventions because of their agreements with studios. Yeah, absolutely right. Right. I mean, there are restrictions and uh, a virtual call may be um, the best way to host it. But the question is then, is it a pre-record? Is it something that it's just easy to just kind of do something before the event and just live stream it or you know, beam it up onto the screens? Or is it something where uh, down on the floor someone can ask a question, put it up to the to the panel up on the virtual Zoom call, basically do a stream this Zoom call live? You can get more guests in, you can get more interaction. Who knows? Keep those comments coming in. Uh, let us know what uh, you what you're thinking and uh, what your what your thoughts are. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's um, 
a whole bunch of uh, panels and uh, bits and pieces uh, when it comes to New York Comic Con. Uh, we'll do our best to cover it the best we can and uh, uh, share a lot more of the uh, the information. Um, but something else I wanted to bring up as well when it, come to, it came to New York Comic Con is um, the reminder about the restrictions when it came, well, not so much the restrictions, the, the, the things that uh, uh, Repop are putting into place to uh, make sure that uh, everyone is kept safe and well. And uh, they are currently uh, implementing the clear health pass to verify vaccination means. So they, uh, you don't need to bring your card, your ID. Um, they can guarantee it's you. It's the shortest line of the off-site vaccination check spot. All you have to do is show them the green health pass on your phone to receive your wristband. So they've partnered with Clear Health Pass to allow easy, clear proof of COVID-19 vaccination and uh, status and faster entry. Yeah, I think, uh, well, it's basically, uh, if they're saying Clear Pass, it's a Vax passport. Um, it's something that uh, the moment you say the words uh, vaccination passport, people kind of go up in arms. <laughs> but uh, here they're calling it a uh, Clear Pass. So it's up on the screen at the moment. Let's see if I can just make it a nice big, bigger so you can sort of like take a photo of the screen if possible. That's what you need to be scanning. Um, if you are heading to uh, New York Comic Con to enter the Javits Center, you'll need a wristband first to indicate you've verified your vaccination status. With clear uh, health pass, you don't have to do that. You just show it uh, to get your wristband from the vaccine check location. Wanted to point that out because, again, it's something that I wanted to demonstrate that uh, Repop are undergoing some measures to really do their best to uh, uh, keep people nice and safe. Excellent stuff. Thank you uh, very much for all your comments. Keep them coming in, please. Uh, anything else that you want to uh, talk about, do let us know. Um, we're going to get into uh, a whole bit uh, of pieces when it comes to other pop culture um, events as well so if there's any shows that you're heading to where you've seen uh, something that's uh, looking exciting do let us know i mean for myself i think i can also uh, make note about um wales comic con um i have been contacted by jane milner and i can kind of tentatively announce that i will be participating in wales comic con it's at the it's the telford takeover um and i'm looking forward to uh, seeing it if anything because the guest list is absolutely off the scale. Uh, myself and uh, Caroline were looking through the guest list um, uh, this week, uh, so uh, uh, today, uh, this weekend, sorry. And it's, it really, really is quite impressive. So, uh, I mean, let me bring up uh, uh, this uh, screen for Wales Comic Con. Um, taking part, uh, or sorry, taking place um, on, uh, it's, uh, go to the top of the page. It is uh, November the 20th, 22nd at the International Centre in Telford. And yet, yeah, Evangelina Lilly, um, Sean Astin, John Barrowman, Ian McDarmond, a whole bunch of wrestlers that are going to be uh, taking part. Dolph Lundgren, Brian Cox, I can get my Manhunter DVD uh, signed. So looking forward to uh, possibly getting a chance to meet him. Jason Isaacs, Mark Williams, Mark Shepard. Uh, Liam McIntyre, James Edward Edward James Olmos, who my missus was very excited to see on the list, uh, along with Mary McDonnell as well. A couple of uh, Fairfly alums, so Summer Glau and Jules State will be joining us. Um, Alana Masterson from uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah, the list goes on and on. It is looking like uh, one hell of a lineup. How many of those will actually be arriving? At the end of the day, they are confirmed for now. So let's see how it goes. Um, uh, obviously, 
international guests coming into the UK. We've got those restrictions lifted from uh, US travel, which is fantastic, which is why Leanne can join us in November. So now it's a, a question just to see how many of those guests stay on the list for uh, for November. But for now, I'd also like to find out who I could possibly be panel hosting for. So fingers crossed, um, I'll be seeing you at Telford uh, in uh, November. So that's that. Into the blue, mister. Um, I was planning on attending Wales Comic Con, but still very wary of COVID. Maybe next April. I totally understand and totally appreciate that. Um, it was meanwhile Comic Con that kind of uh, broke through the barrier for me um, because I saw people being careful. If because I saw my, myself being careful and I was doing my part and everyone was doing their part, I think if we are basically responsible if we are if we're grown-ups about this um i think i think um things can return to some kind of normality i can totally understand and appreciate however an event of that size um it's something that came up in uh, meanwhile comic-con talking to uh, the people behind the the table they actually felt that the smaller convention served a very important purpose because it kind of broke that seal um people who are just going to a massive convention as their first one back post lockdown i won't say post pandemic because we're not there yet um i think that's a culture shock and uh, it, anyone who is wary about that, into the blue, mister, I totally get it. So you do you. You absolutely do what you need to do to stay safe and secure about your own personal safety. I totally get it. But there we go. Um, I mean, this is a, a good comment from Clyde. I'm lo loving the moody, moody lighting, by the way. Um, I mean, I don't know if I may need to turn a big light on so you can actually see me. Um, I think that you have to consider air circulation. There's a good article about the spread of COVID-19 on the EPA website and when it needs to be done with air conditioning systems. Yeah, I agree that. Um, it's, I think, meanwhile, kind of helps because it was almost a an open air event. Um, yeah, let's just, let's see how it, how it goes. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, I think if we're all responsible, um, that, that can be the thing that, uh, moves us forward at the end of the day. Right. Um, other things I want to talk about. Yes. Um, Comic-Con, uh, special edition. Uh, let me just, uh, click on this first. Um, yeah. Comic-Con special edition. Um, we are going to be, um, having that show coming up very shortly indeed. And, uh, we had the badge sale um last week all went swimmingly uh, with only a couple of minor niggles uh, to be fair uh, but i think the thing that uh, people are most uh, interested about now is uh, the um the hotels and also what is actually happening with the uh, the event itself um like i say the uh, for myself the uh, the badge sale uh, I've had a look online. The badges are still available. Uh, my, se my session expires in uh, uh, 45 seconds. Uh, but as far as I'm aware, if I just uh, bring that back again. Um, yeah. Oops, I needed to uh, restart that. Uh, basically, it is a, uh, um, at the moment, all the badges are still available. So please do dive in 
and uh, keep your eye on uh, if you are wanting to attend. Uh, we also have ourselves um, the, the hotels. Uh, that, again, is uh, also um, uh, very uh, encouraging. Uh, plenty of rooms still available, uh, so uh, and a very good price indeed as well. So if you are wanting to attend uh, Comic-Con Special Edition, November 26th to the 28th at the Convention Center in San Diego, yeah, you've got the rooms, you've got the availability. It's now nailing down who's actually going to be there. Um, we've got a whole bunch of uh, stuff that has been announced by Comic-Con, but we need, I think, more information for more people to be more excited about it. So fingers crossed about that. Um, uh, what else have we got? Um, yes, um, if you are going to be uh, joining us on Patreon.com, thank you very much indeed for everybody else uh, for joining us. It only takes a couple of dollars to just sign in. Please do uh, join us over on Patreon.com. The rest of the live stream, of course, will be live uh, up on the, uh, our YouTube channel uh, on Wednesday. So do join us for that. A um, couple of comments. Uh, SDCC um, has had trial runs, I would imagine, giving its recent guests, guests the past year before they started up the convention schedule. Yes, they have they are running shows again. Uh, it's now down to how much of the convention center they're going to be using for Comic-Con Special Edition. So now it's a case of, yeah, again, seeing what uh, uh, CCI are going to be doing with the building. Uh, Chuck Cook, I know more several con-goers who choose to got, not get tickets for Comic-Con Special Edition SE because they weren't ready to be around so many people yet. So your point of easing in with lighter cons is well taken. I'm actually curious if people, certainly in the US, might take Special Edition as one of those lighter cons. Um, that's what I would have expected from this, that this would be the US breaking in uh, to the larger show. So who knows? Okay. Um, Mark Serby is going to be joining us very shortly indeed. But um, we're going to uh, deal with that. Um, he's been very positive uh, on his uh, screen. I'm very tempted to just bring him in uh, so he starts um, gesticulating to our audience as well. But uh, tell you what, I am. Sorry, I'm going to do it anyway. Hello there, Mark. How are you doing, sir? Oh, shut up. It hasn't... <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't still enough. No, that's still... true. I wasn't. Can you tell that the, was... the evenings are really starting to come in here in the UK as well. Look at this. It's real Halloween moody lighting. It's weird. I've got all the lights. You've got none of the lights. What's I've got going none on? of the light. Hang on. I've got to sort that out. Hang it's on weird. It's weird. I mean, I know oh, there is. Jimmy, me. I know there's a bit brighter. Here, bit brighter. There, we, there go. we go. There we go. We can see you now. There we go. It is. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Please let me know in the comments if you want me to turn the lights back on. <laughs> uh, so there we go. Um, Right. Uh, the other things I wanted to do uh, dive into as well. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, how are you doing, Mark? Uh, how, yes. how are you keeping? What, what, how, what are you up to at the moment? Um, I, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's nice to be back, to be honest Absolutely. with you. Um, uh, what am I doing at the moment? I'm just busy. You know, I mean, films have not stopped. Obviously, they didn't stop during the cinema shutdowns or anything else like that, as we discussed. Um, and it's just getting busier. London Film Festival starts on Wednesday. Uh, here so that's 10 days of films for me uh, i think it's about i think i've got about 60 films to do something like that it, it could be a little bit less i'm not quite sure at the moment but um i'm just sort of gearing up for that to be honest what has it been like for i mean i want to get into the full interview thing um after yeah. we've done the kind of news but i mean certainly for during um lockdown um there was a lot of virtual uh film festivals and streaming uh, bits and pieces and i did i was very excited oh not excited just very interested 
about the whole um, idea of critics being very welcoming of virtual screenings, if anything, because it also opened up for accessibility for those that um, couldn't make it to cinema screens, even if we didn't uh, have pandemic, those uh, with disabilities, uh, those that needed those special kind of considerations. Um, yeah, I'm just really curious to see what your thoughts on that was about the, the virtual uh, space, for, especially for screeners and critics. Yeah, I, I think I, in general, I think it's great. I, I think it it should continue. There's no reason why not. I'm not just talking about me as a critic as well. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the general public being able to see films that are showing either in another state or another country or something like that. I get that there has to be restrictions. I get that. But there are certain films that have worldwide releases. So why wouldn't that be showing across other places as well you know you take something like um i'll give you an example so the power of the dog which obviously um is going to be coming to netflix very shortly you know benedict cumberbatch in a very different role now that's netflix that's going to netflix across the world and yet it is having showings in cinemas and also on streaming services at film festivals around the globe at the moment but why shouldn't that have an unrestricted, un-geo-locked viewings for everybody. It, it doesn't make sense to me when you have a film that is owned around the world by somebody. And you're right in what you're saying is that, you know, some of this really restricts a lot of people in what they can see. And I, I think that's the worst thing is that not being able to see films, not being able to see big blockbusters, well, that's a different question, but not being able to see some of the smaller films as well. That's a shame because you do miss out on a lot of great stuff. You know, there's there's films that I see which just don't get a release or are just not part of the bigger conversation because they've not been released in a certain country. And it's a shame. It really is. Yeah. So I'm sort I mean, of hoping I, I... it opens it up for more people. I mean, and you know uh, that uh, we both visit this website. There is a certain website um, which um, uh, previews um, snippets of soundtracks, um, mm. which I'm not going to read the URL out because mm. that's rather it is rather naughty. But um, it does; it, they're pretty good on that site for um, covering all the films that are coming up. And when you have sort of like album covers with some real big names on them. Uh, these are smaller films that haven't been given perhaps the the bigger um, splash on uh, maybe on social media or just out in uh, uh, film Twitter perhaps. And yeah. they just seem to be sliding by a little bit um, yeah. and people are sliding underneath the radar. And I'm seeing all of these names and these titles uh, swing by. And next thing you know, I'm Googling them up and uh, pulling the, the trailer up on the, uh, or whatever and just, trying finding out more about these incredible uh films and thinking yeah um cinema is a very special place it allows us to experience these these um films and we are being deprived of that at the moment i don't know well we're not being deprived of it because cinemas theaters are open again we're being deprived of these mid-level films i think that's that's the way to describe it now is that these mid-level films are basically going straight into going straight to streaming or are in cinemas for you know two weeks and they're being missed unfortunately and then they go to streaming there's no promotion for them because there's no there's no promotion at all there's no money for the promotion so there's a lot missing i'll give you an example actually leonard is that Earlier this year, one of my favourite films of the year so far is a film called Here Are the Young Men. It's an Irish film starring Anya Taylor-Joy, 
Um, it's actually directed by her, I don't know if it's her fiance or husband, I don't know, um, has got a couple of other big-ish actors in there. It's an aggressive coming-of-age tale set in Ireland in the 90s. It's a fantastic piece of work, but it just went by the wayside because there's no money for it. You know, it went out onto digital, then it hit DVD about six weeks later, and it's now on Netflix and on Amazon Prime because they're desperate to make the money back. So they're trying to push it anywhere they can. And I think that's part of the problem. I mean, look how many films that are on Netflix that you can guarantee your eye will go, that looks awesome. I'm going to put that on my watch list. And then you never get around to watching it because you're kind of like, oh, the, the moment's gone. I've forgotten it. And I think that's the how, problem, isn't it? How go? much of a hit is Dune going to take getting a simultaneous um, stream on HBO Max. That's the bad one, isn't it? That's the bad. I mean, it's doing it's doing really well around the globe where it is not on streaming, basically. I've noticed it is financially doing pretty well. We're going to get into um, uh, box office records uh, in a bit in, later on in our conversation because, yeah. Um, but in terms of that, it's, it's going to take a big chunk. It really is. It really is. And it was a I got right why they wanted to make that decision at the start of the year. But it should have done been done on a film by film basis rather than anything else. Yeah. There we go. Venom. Let there be carnage opening with sixty point one million dollars. But this is via Sony. It's a pandemic era record and even more than Venom's eighty point two six million dollar opening in 2018. I mean, to be fair, Venom is an odd example to give because that was a that was a slow burn because people were fully <laughs> expecting that film to be utter garbage, and then and then when it came out, you so like people are going, that, that was so much fun. Yeah, that was so much fun. At which point, I went, oh, um, right, we'll go and check it out then. And, and next thing you know, it, it did the numbers. But yeah, um, the fact that um, Venom has done well, Bond, um, I believe it's had, is it the box office record so far? Uh, is it in the pandemic era? Well, let or, me give you this. I don't know. I don't know on that at the moment. But in terms of the UK and Ireland only, up to midnight on Saturday, it had taken $25 million just in the UK and Ireland. I appreciate, obviously, it's opening elsewhere, I think, this weekend. Um, that is, I'm just looking at it now, the highest day. Uh, so Saturday alone took in $11 million just in the UK. That's the highest day of box office in the history of the Bond franchise, the fourth highest Saturday of all time, and the biggest single day gross for a universal release. Now, if that doesn't tell you that cinema is back, I mean, cinema was back anyway, but yeah. that gives huge, huge renewed hope that people are going back to see something that they really want to see on the big screen. And Venom is a, an example of that. You know, I mean, as you said, I think people sort of were like, Venom, oh, that's kind of fun. And then when they said a second, they were like, I'm down for that. And they said, we're just doing it on the big screen. And I think people are a bit more comfortable about it. And it gets to a point where you think, let's have some normalcy about this. Let's get some normality. Let's go and see Bond on the big screen. Let's go and have a good time watching Venom or something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been inter interesting to see, like I say, the numbers. And you're talking about cinema being back. I don't think it was back for Black Widow. 
I don't think it was black for Shanxi. I think it's very interesting that there's literally there's this line in the sand where people have just gone, right, we're ready now. And I'm um, curious to know what the that that mental light switch and want I'd really like to know what that was where people just went, no, okay, we're ready. Um, because I'm I'm curious to see while okay, Black Widow was gonna be an interesting one, it was the first one out the gate. Shang-Chi is an interesting one again because it is uh, very much uh, minority driven. Um, and while it's an exciting film, it has very much like Black Panther, uh, that kind of um, audi core audience that it is kind of also skewing towards. Eternals um, is just an unknown quantity. And I'm, whereas in the past, Marvel could have just ridden the waves. Um, in the past as well, you had uh, the TV shows as well where people were getting excited. Black Widow got the numbers, I think it did, off the back of Falcon Winter Soldier and all yeah, all of that kind of low-key just kind of like all kind of rode it in as well. Um, I don't think Eternals has got that. It, what I, what if is fine, but it ain't generating the heat that um, uh, I think Marvel may have wanted. You, you do bring up a good question there about Eternals. And I think Black Widow is unfortunate because obviously it was on Disney Plus at the same time. You could stay at home and you could pay the same amount. Well, maybe a bit more than obviously, you know, if you were going to see it on the big screen. So I think that's a slightly different one. I think that is maybe something that shouldn't be included to a certain degree. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi has pulled big numbers, bigger numbers than I think... A lot of people were expecting as well, and deservedly so. I think it's a great film. You've got to remember as well, is, as you just said there, Leonard, is that there is a hardcore audience for that, but the standard Marvel moviegoer who doesn't read the comics, I'm including myself in this one as well, was unsure what it was. You looked yeah. at it and you went, I don't really know what that is. I mean, I looked at it and went, that looks like a Wuxia film. That looks like Crouching Tiger, oh, yeah. Hidden Dragon. I'm there. I'm there for that. I'm sure. Count me in. Absolutely. Well, that's, that, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Shang-Chi, like I say, I mean, all you have to do is just put up a cover and you could sell it off that. It's the um, riding off the uh, Bruce Lee uh, 1970s excitement. Fine. As a comic, that and, and that works. And you could also do that for the films as well in that regard. Right. For all of the love that the industry has for Jack Kirby, your average person on the street wouldn't know who Jack Kirby is uh, to spit on him. Um, they wouldn't well, recognize what his influence no is. They yep. wouldn't know what um, and what he brought to comics. And I'm sorry, I own Eternals, um, the original New God series. Um, it's a bitch to get through. Uh, it's really <laughs> bloody. It's dense, dense, dense. Um, it's really, really hard. Um, Kieran Gillen has got his series coming uh, at the moment with Isad Rivik, which is glorious. It's gorgeous to re read. It's go gorgeous to look at. It's still an absolute bitch. Um, it's an absolute swine to get through. Um, how this is going to be as a movie, it's going to have to be the cast. The cast are going to have to be on every bus and every poster. You are going to have to sell this on that superstar stellar cast because otherwise this film is really going to struggle. Do you know also as well is that obviously when they had moved it back and they said um, 5th of November is the, it's going to be only in cinemas as well. I was like, okay, well, that's kind of an interesting time to release it. You know, it's around the Marvel time when they would release their 
bird film of the year and everything else like that and there was nothing up against it and then slowly things started appearing um i'm just looking at my book now which has got my releases in um just here in the uk okay alone um you have uh <laughs> you have the card counter paul schrader's film starring oscar isaacs granted it's not a direct competition but oscar isaac is going to pull in a lot of people He's got a big fan base. So the card counter. Uh, it's also up against Spencer, the Diana film by Pablo Lorraine and starring Kristen Which Stewart. I've been hearing some great reviews. About. See, here we go. This is the thing as well is that people are going, yeah, but it's not the same thing here in the UK. What do you think is going to do bigger business, Spencer or Eternals? I'm going to put my money on Spencer doing really? huge numbers. Yeah, here in the UK. I don't know if, you know, the people who are going to see it, I don't know if they really know what it is. Um, I mean, I'm, my understanding is it's a bit David Lynchish, but from alone, people are thinking, it's a Diana film. Hey, I'm going to go and see it. I, I think that's going to be. But then also the same day on Netflix, The Harder They Come, the Idris Elba film is also out which has been doing huge results at film festivals so for me eternals is fourth on that list yeah and as you said that cast has to be on a bus they, they have to be taking you know every single promotion opportunity they should possible. be doing a panel at new york comic-con next weekend yes yes i completely agree i completely it's it's a weird one i look at that trailer and i go okay this, this is interesting. It's something different, but I don't know who they are. Yeah. And we're now in a new phase of Marvel, Marvel movies where we're getting these characters who we don't know who they are, which is quite exciting. Think back to phase one. It's kind of exciting. But at the same time, you, you still need some sort of ability to link them. And there's that, there's that stupid moment in the trailer where somebody asks them, why didn't you turn up when Thanos turned up? And they give that crappy answer and whatever else. And you think... Yeah, I don't know how you're going to play this. I really yeah. don't. It's a curious one. Great cast, though. Great cast. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, I think the direct example or correlation for that one is Guardians. Uh, yes. It was such an unknown quantity. But the thing is with Guardians, it had that kick-ass trailer, which had um, um, uh, more than a feeling uh, blaring out at full tilt and it felt rock and roll it felt fun it had that amazing tagline you know guardians of the galaxy you're welcome uh it, it, it just everything about it just screamed rock and roll yeah um this one eternal seems po-faced maybe yeah but then again the book was uh so right. yeah uh, okay. yeah okay. if it's going to be if it's going to be accurate to the book it's going to be oh it's going to be very worthy Oh it's, yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hugely tough sell. This yeah, film absolutely. really is, and I, I don't know what happens after that if it doesn't work. What happens? Fair enough. Tell you what, I'm going to wrap up the rest of the news, or certainly the bits and pieces that uh, are coming through. There's two shows that are on on the way. You have got New York Comic Con that's taking part next weekend, so do start thinking, Mark, about shows that. Um, you are thinking of attending and let us know what your thoughts are on uh, comic conventions and what they need to do to move forward and how perhaps they have been hit um, and what the after effect of fandom is for that regard. The two shows, certainly for myself, that I'm excited about um, here in the UK, I mean, number one is Thought Bubble. We'll get that into uh, in, a, in a bit. But uh, yeah, Lakes, the Lakes International Comic Art Festival, it takes place 
um, not next weekend, the weekend after, um, in Kendal. It's a festival which is very much like Anglomay in that it takes place in various locations around the town of Kendal, which is a glorious, gorgeous part of uh, the UK if you ever get the chance to visit. Um, and they have been announcing so much stuff uh, over the course of uh, uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, all these uh, incredible international guests. We talked about um, Eternals being kind of worthy. I'd say the Lakes International Comic Art Festival is the Eternals of the uh, Comic-Con uh, landscape. Uh, it's very worthy. Um, it's got some great talent uh, that are going to be showing up. You've got the likes of Sean and Jacob Phillips. You've got Sarah Begum, who was nominated for uh, Best New Talent at the uh, Tripwire Awards. Um, you've got all these uh, amazing people that's going to be uh, showing up. Um, David McKean is going to be doing a, a panel um, we're talking about Raptor, that Texas blood. So you're going to have uh, Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips talking about that. Um, like I say, it's just, it is, I mean, this is the kind of thing. There you go. There's a lineup right there. The power of political cartoons, the secret formulas of comic timing in comic strips, and check it out, an extravaganza of comic art from the Czech Republic. That sums up the Lakes International Comic Art Festival for me. It is, it's very... It's a oh, I mean, meet Jeff Lemire. Yes, you've got a couple of your mainstream uh, creators as well, but this is more about um, your grown ups that um, uh, like their comics, uh, if if you know what I mean. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, there's a number of great panels for the kids, and yes, I mean, let's let's talk about that. We've got ourselves uh, something as well, which um, uh, is taking part at the same uh, time. It's as part of the festival, which is um, Little Lycaf. Um, and it's um, a, a bunch of workshops which are going to be taking place, uh, held at the Shakespeare Centre in Kendall, which is, again, another great little building, um, and it's providing activities for kids and the families. Space is available in the work se uh, workshop sessions. Loving the little um, adaptation of the graphic as well. But, yeah, there is some stuff uh, that is taking part at, um, at Kendall, but to be fair, uh, the actual show itself, it's more for a very... I'm not going to say dry. That's, I'm trying to avoid really boring <laughs> descriptive terms. It's not dry. Um, come on, um, uh, Mark, you're the one with the, the, the good command of language. Educational. Um, educational's one. Um, it's not boring. Informative. It's not faced. Thoughtful. Considered. Which never sounds like rock and roll to me, does it? I mean, come on, let's be fair. Um yeah, you know, no one. Let's put it this way: no one gets to Sunday of Lakes International Comic Art Festival and goes, "Yeah, Lakes Hardcore." Yeah, it, it's it's not that kind of it's not that kind of show, but it's it's going to be worthwhile checking out if you are heading to um, um, uh, Kendall next, not next weekend, weekend after. Do check them out. It's the comic uh, comicartfestival dot com. All the listings on there. I mean, like I say, we've got um, some great uh, panels on there, uh, and they're showing Road to Perdition as well. Uh, on the Sunday, uh, for the hell of it. Um, and also, I've got this um, uh, panel, which is uh, one of the panels which are really, really fun, which is the um, the big live draw. They get themselves the sofas. So they've got a moderator. You've got two people on the sofa. You've got two people on the drawing tables, and they just keep swapping them around. So you've constantly got the interview that is going on, and then you've got this art being created up on the screens behind you. You've got Charlie Adlard. You've got uh, Maria Bjorklund from Finland, uh, known for Planet Z. You've got Sean Phillips, and you've got Steve Yeovil from 2000 AD. <laughs> that, so you've got this massive, 
sort of uh, breadth of uh, comic artists uh, that's going to be taking part, uh, I believe, on that's on the Sunday. I think it's one of those shows that, uh, or one of the presentations that wrap things up. Looks looks really fun. So there we go. That's uh, uh, Lakes International Comic Art Festival. Comicartfestival.com. Do check out more there. When it comes to Thought Bubble, preparations for that barreling down the pipe as well. Uh, we've got ourselves um, a great um, sketching spotlight panel that's going to be uh, taking part. Uh, already you had the likes of Saria Al-Fagay, you had Christian Ward, you had Casper Wingard, uh, Danny Kitbus, and Raphael Albuquerque, um, which is, that's a lineup uh, and a half. You've also got, um, 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 I forget his first name. It's, um, oh, what's it? Alvero Martinez Bueno. Sorry, uh, that's uh, uh, them. And then you've got uh, Babs Tara as well. They're going to be joining on that stage for the sketching spotlight. Uh, live drawing panels, that's going to be taking part as uh, part of the Thought Bubble. Again, head to um, thoughtbubble.com for all the updates and information about what they've got planned. And then, uh, just to wrap up, uh, when it comes to uh, Thought Bubble, uh, something that I spotted this week, um, Jock uh, appears to be uh, uh, preparing something very special, revisiting an old Dread cover for something for 2080 for Thought Bubble. Can't wait to see that, uh, because if there's one man who can draw uh, Dread like nobody else, it is Jock. So uh, looking to see what uh, he's got planned for that particular show. So there you go. That's the, the stuff that's happening at Thought Bubble. And again, we're going to be doing our best to bring you as much as we can from that show. Um, I am going to be there uh, pretty much for the whole weekend. And uh, yeah, I'm actually taking the week off before as well. So I'm really preparing for it. Really looking forward to it. Oh, no, no. I, I know it seems like it's overboard for Thought Bubble, but yep. it's a big show. So looking forward to it. Um, I mean, indeed, the Andes going to be joining us. The only convention I'm attending is Thought Bubble. I'm thinking about doing the streaming of New York Comic Con, but I don't know. That's it's it's different. It's got I for me for me the the appeal of a convention is being there in the room, but then there's the whole pressure of do we attend conventions yet? Where are you with you convention attending? When's your next one? Because I think you did, haven't you told me that you're wanting to attend MCM Comic Con in yes. London? Yes. So, yes, which obviously is you know that's that's the UK arm of Read Pop. So they're doing New York Comic Con. They do London Comic Con, Manchester as well. They do. Do they still do Manchester, Leonard? They do indeed. Manchester, but they've got rid of Birmingham and Scotland as well. Um, yeah, that's the end of October. Uh, I will be there. I'm actually only going to be there on the Friday. Um, but I am excited to be back. Uh, you know, <laughs> boy, yes, you sound it. No, I, do you know what? I'm going to link it back to actually what you were just saying there about Thought Bubble and, you know, thinking oh, I've taken the week off to prepare for it. And people think, oh, why have you done that? But it is a, there is this genuine excitement about going back to something that we, we did all the time. And we sort of took for granted that you want to prepare yourself. I'll give you an example is that. When here in the UK, we were finally allowed back in football stadiums, soccer stadiums. I had got it in my head that the first home game of my team, I wasn't just going to go on the train, go to the game, come back. I was going to go early. I was going to meet my friends. We were going to have drinks. We were going to go to the football. Um, I was going to go out for dinner afterwards, get some more drinks as well, stay overnight as well, get up early, wander the city. You know, everything that... I kind of took for granted 
and I think and that's what I did is that I went and I did all of this thing where you're kind of like yeah well I I didn't I, it, it never really occurred to me and I was like this is great this feels fantastic and I, I feel a bit better for doing all of these bigger things these wider things as I said staying the night and doing other things so you taking the week off preparing for it 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 makes sense to me because you're kind of getting your mind into the set of it of going right we're going to do something that has been alien for almost two years. I'm going to prepare myself for it. And I want to go, I don't want to go big, but I want to go ready for it. I want to be prepared. I want to be excited. I don't want to be tired um, and falling asleep at everything. So I'm going to have the wit. So I get that. I get that, you know, where you're coming from. And it's the same with MCM. I, I'm just curious to see who the talent is that they get. So obviously they've already announced Tom Hiddleston, which is, you know, it's a huge get. There's no two ways. Isn't it Tom and Sophia? Yeah, and Sophia. Yeah, so they've announced both of those. Um, But I was also interested to see what their restrictions are for their photos. So their photo restrictions are basically um, you wear your mask when you're in the queue and everything. There is going to be a partition down the middle, um, but you can take your mask off when you have the photo. That's it, out the side, basically. Um, it's exactly the same restrictions as what New York Comic Con have got in place, I believe. So you have to show your vaccine passport and everything else like that. Um, I, I can understand that. You know, I get it. Don't worry. You know, that's that's fine with me. That's It's just the way of the world at the moment. It will change. Give it a year. Those plastic screens will be gone, something like that. But if you want your photo with Tom Hiddleston, that's just unfortunately the way it's going to be at the moment. And it's a rarity as well. Um but I'm curious to see who else they're going to be. This is the thing because I it's think coming they need on. To be announcing sooner rather than later. See, that's the thing. So they in the week they announced Charlie Cox, yeah, pretty big name, I would say. Um, they announced I, a number of. Um, was it My Hero Academia? Yes, um, yes, which yes, they normally they, they, they do normally have a lot of voice actors there as well. But at this moment, they don't have a lot of. Um, they don't have a lot of ability to get people from America or from other mm. countries over. Now, granted, travel restrictions here in the UK are changing from tomorrow anyway, but I think that might be a bit late in the day to try and get anybody because chances are most people are back at work acting or you know, voice acting or something. So I'm curious to see what the, the lineup is going to be, um, just to see how it's going to be. I get the feeling this will be much like the, the October one normally is. Anybody who doesn't uh, attend MCM here in London... The big one is normally May, the May bank holiday one. That's the, that's the huge one. That's the extravaganza. The one in October is sort of, hey, it's it's kind of nice. It's like SDCC light, basically, I think is what we could say. Um, you go, you have a good time. It's not, exce- you know, it's not hugely packed, but this thing's going on. So I feel like this is a, a, a toe in the water again, much like what you were saying earlier about SDCC light. And obviously Chuck had posted that message on there as well, saying, people who he knows have got those. So I think this is going to be a bit of a trial. I think a lot of people, other conventions are going to be looking at this. I know there's been conventions already, certainly here in the UK, but not on the scale of MCM. Yeah. So this is going to be interesting. And the same with New York Comic Con as well, is how does this work? And if it works brilliantly, I think we're going to, we're going to be back to bloody hell how many comic cons are happening again this year oh my goodness we're going to be back to that very quickly really you think i i'm i'm curious to see how quickly we get to that stage i mean what i know that you did um there was the go and help me out with the name of the actual uh 
convention. It was the film festival in London, uh, Screen Fest or something like that. When what since uh, uh, about a month a month ago, uh, not Screen Fest. Oh, you're talking about Fright Fest. Fright Fest. Yes. So yes. yeah, I'm just I'm just curious what your first pop culture con is. MCM going to be your first one back? Yes, it will be. So Fright Fest is more of a film festival. Granted, they've got panels and whatever else, but that's more of a film festival. So MCM is my my first one back, my first big one. Um, that's why I'm going what, Friday. What would you like to see for yourself in terms of protection, in terms of numbers, in terms of the ability to have distance? Um, I mean, obviously, um, uh, being an Essex lad and being able to visit the Big Smoke when you like, <laughs> Uh, you're used to the crowds. You're used yeah. to uh, numbers. Um, being in that throng of the metropolis, uh, you are our very own uh, Clark Kent. Um, <laughs> Sam is our Supergirl, by the way. Um, but you, you've kind of already got a sense of the, the you know, people at close quarters. Yeah. But what would you like to see at MCM? Because the, I mean, the, the MCM at the XL, it has the benefit of that really tall roof, lots of ventilation. Yeah. There's there is that in its quarter i mean the thought bubble same drill i mean the the roof for uh, the, at the harrogate convention center is very 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 tall so you've got ventilation you've got airflow what do you want to see in terms of crowd management in terms uh, of do you know the, well they've already set out the same rules that well you know because this is coming from repop they've set out the same rules as new york comic-con and i like that about it that's fine with me i've got no problem getting my app out, showing them my vaccination passport and my certificates and whatever else. And they've said, you know, if you're walking around, please wear a mask. Yeah, no worries. You know, look, don't bother me. I'm perfectly fine. I've got some cool masks to wear, to be honest. You know, I feel like I've wasted my money if I'm only wearing it on the tube. Um, I'm fine with that. You know, I, I'm even kind of I've got to the point now where I'm even kind of fine to a certain degree being in a crowded area. I mean, I flew back into the UK last Saturday because I, I actually went away. I actually went on holiday. I mean, it's a rarity. Um, I know, I know. It was bizarre. It was like, um, and we came back into the UK and at, at passport control, it was just a throng of people. There was no management whatsoever. And you were like, well, here we go. This is it, you know. Which, um, which, um, which airport was this, just out of curiosity? Stansted. Um, oh boy okay one of it could the, one have been any could one, have been one any of the smaller ones yeah it could have been any but you know having been to a football stadium and coming out of there as well i've i've sort of gotten used to it a bit more but at the same time as you said with with the xl it it's kind of like san diego convention center there is a lot of room about um and i think if they put certain certain directions in certain routes they could make it easier to be honest i think that's always been a problem there anyway is that they're just like yeah just go yeah whatever it doesn't matter if they put certain routes in like you could you know one way se sections that would help it anyway um yeah. i uh, you know look let's face it you you can't you can't do anything apart from look after yourself that's it and if you think Fair it's enough. too much step Fair away enough. That, i okay. think that's the ultimate thing you know what more can you do yeah that's it. if you're uncomfortable step away nobody's going to judge you for it it's the way okay. it is um so we were talking about virtual panels oh we're talking about q a's uh taking part um if we can have zoom ones 
I mean, like I say, I mean, I, I, I was having this conversation with Jane Milner. This is before pandemic um, about getting international guests zooming in and whether people would actually sit in an audience. And he turned around and said, I think they would. If it's exclusive to the um, exclusive to that room, um, if the guests, if people can interact with the guests as though, you know, conversation, because we actually did this at, um, meanwhile, we had two creators zooming in and we had the Q&A as though they were in the room. It was, it was actually, it worked rather well. It worked a damn sight better than I thought it was going to work. The question now is, um, I, I mean, I don't want that to be the norm, do you, but do you think it could or should be? Um, I don't think it will be. I think you'll get a few more panels along those lines because some people don't want to fly or let's be honest, it's cheaper uh, just getting them on Zoom for an hour than anything else. I have to say that uh, one of the cinemas in central London, the Prince Charles Cinema, have been doing that for years anyway, is that they would have when they would do a Q&A or something, there was somebody in the US, they would just have them on the big screen behind you. And then you would have the British talent, whoever it was, on the stage. And, you know, it worked perfectly. It was great. So I think you'll probably see a few more. I don't think you'll see loads because already, I mean, you said this to me last year anyway, that your ears hurt from the amount of crappy audio from Zoom and Skype and whatever else. And I think people are, are rightly like, come on, Look, let's be honest. We're now into October 2021. I get it. You couldn't get great audio equipment in April, May, June 2020. We're now at the end. How are you still having crap audio and crap video? I would like to know why people are still struggling with how to operate Zoom. We've had it. We've, we've had twenty months of practice now. <laughs> That's the thing. You see. So I think. It'll get to a point where, yeah, there are people who are just like, you know what? I, I can't be bothered with it. Don't, No, I'm not going to do it. I just want to be there in person and feed off the energy. I think that's the yeah. thing. But you'll still see some. There'll still be people who are like, look, I can dedicate an hour to you over Zoom. And people will go, well, that's better than nothing. That saved yeah. us $5,000. I, I think ReadPop actually had it better. Um, and they kind of instigated it with the whole, um, if they are going to do Zoom calls, Augment them with the face-to-face or one-to-one Zoom conversations, mm. um, because I think that that's value for money. I think. Yeah. Well, in okay, let me rephrase that. Um, it's great for that opportunity to come up, so you can spend time with your hero for five minutes for seventy-five dollars, whatever it was, which was just ridiculous. <laughs> um, Okay, value for money was possibly not the best turn of phrase, but <laughs> the opportunity was there. And at least that's something you could do. I mean, anyone who does a, a talent that can do like a Zoom call for like half an hour and then just get pencil in another hour to just do a bunch of um, one-to-ones and make quite a considerable amount of money out of it. Well, this is already... an, an option that's there. Don't forget, this started this one-to-one -one type thing started with the first lockdown around the world when cameo springed up and you could pay x amount of dollars to get a video from your favorite actor because ultimately they were doing nothing they were sat at home so they were like pay us 75 dollars and i will send you a video i'll give you an example my friend who's a huge alex winter fan his mom paid <laughs> um 
And basically, it was Alex Winter. The video was no longer than 30 seconds, and it was just him saying, I hope you have a good birthday. Um, you know, it was like two lines from Bill and Ted, and that was it. And I'm like, your mum paid <laughs> for yeah. it. Come on. I mean, yeah. But all of a sudden, they found new ways of making money, um, and it seems to still be going to a certain degree because they were like, we can't go to Comic-Con and we can't take your money directly in person. Instead, we'll do it through this app. Fantastic. So there's still ways of doing it. That will still continue. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I think conventions are going to evolve um, off the back of this. But I think, I mean, we were talking about this, um, myself and a couple of others over the course of the weekend. This isn't just necessity out of what we're currently going through i think there's also going to be this is scar tissue mm -hmm. from some long-term trauma and that's not going away anytime soon yeah i think there is a case of things needed to change yeah but nobody wanted to do it because they didn't want to be the people who were doing the change in case it went wrong and now this has come around. It's given them that option. I'll give you an example. And this is a, a thing that I cite all the time is Trolls World Tour film. OK, that film came out just as cinemas had shut down and Universal turned around and went, you know what? Let's put that straight on streaming for a premium price. Let's see what happens. What happened? Yeah. It made more money on streaming than it would have done on the big screen. And suddenly everybody went, wait a second. How much did that make? We better do that with our films. We better start doing that. That was the the instrumental film that changed everything. And I think we're, we're seeing that now with Comic-Cons and with large-scale events to a certain degree is that suddenly somebody's put something in place and other people have gone, how did that work? And they go, it worked brilliantly. A lot of people were very comfortable with it. Um, it helped us as well as an event. And they go, We'll take that as well. We'll do that. Yeah. Thank you very much. And I think that's what we're going to see. So I think somewhere along the line, there's going to be something that we're used to when we go to conventions. I'm not sure what it's going to be. There'll be a big change. And you'll yeah. go, oh, I don't understand it. And then by day two, you'll be like, I totally get it. Why they've changed it. It makes complete sense. And actually, I feel much safer. Okay. One of those shows that really went all in with the way it did things and really changed the format of it. I will wrap up on this. This will be the last question and we'll kind of we'll say our farewells and we'll keep it nice and tight. How excited are you for DC fandom? <laughs> There's the giggle. There's the laugh I was waiting for. When's it on? <laughs> That's a very good point. Um, even I'm not entirely sure. Hang on. There you go. That's how I mean, I know that I'm I'm yes, I'm I'm invested in the Batman. And I'm invested yeah. in the Flash, sure. but that's more for personal reasons because I know yeah, somebody who's involved in production. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll slide over a lot of the details there. Um, October the twenty second um, is when that drops, which means same weekend as MCM. In the same weekend as MCM, so three weeks time. Um, there's. The thing about DC Fandom, and I bitched about this when it dropped last year, it was just one big video dump. There was no interaction. Uh, it was all pre-recorded. Um, 
okay. It was nice and slick and it was gorgeously produced and it looked amazing and it certainly informed what San Diego Comic-Con looked like later down the line and a couple of other panels as well. And someone, people then just went, oh, we've really got to ramp up our uh, Zoom call presentation. We've got to actually throw a uh, an, an intern that knows their way around Premiere and actually do some work on making it look pretty. Um at the end of the day, that's <laughs> all. It, and yeah, let's let's get you know Adobe After Effects and do some moving graphic backgrounds and shit. Fine, it looked great, but there was no two-way dialogue. It was literally just one twenty-four-hour long EPK, and I was bored, rigid. Um, thoughts? You can, <laughs> <laughs> you can have all the quality in the world and the reason they pre-recorded it let's be honest is so they can get rid of all the crappy ins and outs with the audio and the video and whatever else so it looks like nobody ever had any problems you can have all of the quality audio and visual wise but if the content is shit nobody's going to watch it yeah i would much rather i'll give you an example uh last year san diego comic-con had a one hour chat with david goyer and the video connection was not great it cut out a couple of times but that chat was a million times better than m all of the polished stuff that was on san diego comic-con or was on he DC was honest Fender. he was forthright he was informed I'm not a massive fan of a lot of David Goya's output, but the man knows his industry. That's the reason why he still keeps the work. And also, it was interesting. That yeah. was the thing. You are you come to a panel because you're either you want to be you're educated, invested. Yeah. you're invested in the person, or you think it's going to be a really fun panel. Bob's Burgers is a fun panel at San Diego Comic-Con every year. Whether you've seen it or not, it doesn't matter. If you turn up to DC Fandom, and you go, I'm, I can't wait for the Batman. And they go, so the Batman is out in March 2022. And here's the first trailer. You think, I'm done already. This is rubbish. This is so clinical. And without emotion, what's the point? I would much rather yeah. have somebody's internet crack out uh, half an hour and it spend 10 minutes trying to get it back. And then it comes back and the conversation is still more interesting than some sort of, you know, pure pre-package pre EPK, as you said. I, I'm fine with that. I'm yeah. fine with that. But put it something Lee out like that. Leanne D, Fandom only did great because of the Snyder bots. She's right. She's bang on for the a lot. Okay. Yeah. For yeah. a lot of the grief that I have about um, Zack Snyder and his followers, they did provide a lot of the entertainment for that weekend. <laughs> but she's right absolutely bang on the money is that they would not have got anywhere near the numbers they got if they did not have that film premiering on hbo max you know within several months if that panel did not exist goodness knows what those numbers would have been yeah so there we go um i mean chuck cook uh, let's sit and watch trailers for 24 hours straight yeah I mean, there were some attempts at trying to keep it light and interactive. There were some nice kind of like art panels and one or two bits and pieces when it came to like um, cosplay. But it was all drowned out by 
DCEU kind of stuff, but yeah. Um, there was there was I'm no cohesion I'm really, I'm really to the hoping, way that the like, panels run. Yeah, I'm really hoping. Yeah, I'm really hoping that they provide more of an interactive thing because if they don't, then again, it's just going to be incredibly dull. Uh, Netflix so. did the same thing recently. I missed that completely. Netflix did the same thing where you're like, great, look at all the people they've got. And then you went, ah, okay, it's about 10 minutes. That's about it. Let's let's have a streaming service run a virtual event previewing some of their, most of their, all of their content and do it on YouTube. What? What? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, okay. If you, you put it on Netflix, fine. It's preaching to the choir. They're already subscribers. Yeah, I, I get it. But on put it on YouTube. But I, 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 it's I was the lost. world. But it's the world's biggest video platform. It makes sense. Fine, fine. Uh, Leanne D. The next one, Netflix one was boring. There you go. That's there it. Go. We there don't we have go. to do anymore. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's it. It's right there. Uh, if anyone from Netflix is watching, uh, number one, thanks for joining us. Uh, congratulations. Uh, number two. Uh, your show was boring. Uh, deal with it. So there we go. Excellent stuff. So thank you very much indeed, Mark, for joining us. Um, I know that um, we're, we're getting other guests uh, lined up, and we've got a couple of um, uh, bits and pieces come, coming up down the pipe for future episodes. But Mark has been part of Talking Con pretty much from the start. The, when we got this thing up and running, he's part of our DNA, and it's a joy to have him uh, on any time. And uh, Mark, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Should mention uh, one thing. Oh, go on. Uh, well, you were going to ask me there, where can people find me? Also, I'll yep. answer that. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Mark underscore Sibby, uh, website, MarkSibby.com, film reviews here in the UK, Friday afternoons on Phoenix FM, Saturday on BBC Radio Suffolk, Sunday on BBC Northampton. Uh, my books uh, about Al Pacino and obviously the legend that is Rick Mail are everywhere available. Also, what I should mention is there is a very exclusive interview coming to the Convention Collective. It will be not this week coming, the week after with somebody who was hugely instrumental in my career as film in as a film critic and also i would imagine hugely influential in the amount of films that americans and people in the uk saw through the years and he has been a fixture of probably everybody's lives and i'm really pleased and excited to actually get to interview him so i'm not going to tell you who it is but i am so excited it's unbelievable i can't even believe i've got an interview with him to be honest whoa okay uh, and the man's interviewed some of the biggest and the best. So, yeah, okay. Looking forward to uh, um, seeing that interview with Chris Nolan coming up on uh, the Convention Collective. If only, if only. If, if only. Uh, you've got Leandy. Good to see you, Mark. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, like I say, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Uh, listen, we did not create this page. Exclamation mark, which I'm sorry, is one of the best site names ever. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't create this thing for it not for it to just sit there. So we're going to have some uh, content from Mark up. Um, that, and like it says on there, there is only one Mark Serby. Man in the know. Man's man. Man about time. He knows what he knows and he knows what he likes. So we might we need to change that. Man's man. Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> men want to be him. Women want to be with him. Uh, those of mixed gender want to know what his magic is all about. Anyway, What size he wears. 
Yes, what size he wears. <laughs> Uh, for myself, you can find me on most of the social medias, Englishman SDCC, and of course, you can support us at patreon.com slash an Englishman in San Diego. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have Mark on. Thank you very much indeed for watching. Uh, for those that are watching after the fact, you could have watched this live by joining us at patreon.com slash an Englishman in San Diego. Uh, all the Patreon tiers, so it's $2, it's um, price of a coffee, less than the price of a coffee uh, each month and you get to see our shows uh, each and every Sunday. Hopefully you can join us next week for Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego as we are back with a live report from New York Comic Con from the Javits Center. Hopefully you can join us 6pm next weekend uh, from myself, from Mark, from us to you. We'll see you later. Take care. Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, is a production of the Convention Collective. Support the podcast by visiting patreon.com slash an Englishman in San Diego and visit theconventioncollective.com. <laughs>